Hi there, this is Matt Wakeling and you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast produced here in Sydney, Australia and zoomed all around the world through iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for joining me today. Today I'll speak to Joel McDonald, a fellow Sydney cider, an absolutely fantastic guitar player. Joel plays with the legendary Rose Tattoo, who recently opened for Guns N' Roses on their massive world comeback tour. Joel also plays for Frankie's world-famous house band. Why are they world-famous? Well, you'll find out, because they truly are. And uh, he also was the lead guitarist in Torch Le Monde, great band that he founded with his brother and uh, we'll hear some excerpts from that playing so you get to hear Joel's amazing guitar playing in action. But before that, here's a few words from my good friends Mick and Jeff from the Amps and Axes podcast. Hey podcast world, I'm Jeff Bober. And I'm Mick Marcellino of Amps and Axes. That's right, and we've got a cool podcast that talks with guitarists, manufacturers, engineers, and techs. Yeah, so check us out every Saturday on iTunes. And Google Play. That's right. And as we're always saying, onward. All right, there you go. Yeah, definitely check that show out. Amps and Axes, Jeff and Mick are great guys, and they run an excellent guitar podcast over in Baltimore in the States. All right, John McDonald. Now, this was one of those interviews where it just took us ages to get our schedules to line up, but we stuck at it. I'm glad we did because we had a fantastic conversation. And first up, we're going to hear a bit of Joel's amazing playing with his band, Torch Le Monde. John McDonald, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thank you for having me. Good to uh, to finally be uh, having this chat. <laughs> now you're you're in Sydney. Have you always lived here? Were you brought up in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. Always been in Sydney, mate. Um, I grew up on the the rough streets of the North Shore. You know, around <laughs> Mossman. It was, it was it was pretty frightening and pretty That's hardcore. Tough, and, yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, to sort of like you know um keep out of trouble I you know started sort of practicing guitar you know and that was my little safe haven <laughs> when did you start playing guitar uh I was 10 and you know it was one of those things at, at school where um you know you'd sort of have this option like oh you know now you know you should learn an instrument or something and and I didn't want I didn't want to at, at all you mm-hmm. know uh, it was just kind of one of those things, and I remember thinking, oh, oh maybe the saxophone would be cool, and then um, and then I realised that it, under my mum's bed was an acoustic guitar, and I thought, oh, you know, we already own one, so I guess we'll, we'll have a go at that. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it was just a year of those like horrendously boring, uninspiring lessons that you have, you know, when you're at school, <laughs> um, and that sort of went on for about a year and I remember there, there being a moment where I thought oh, man I just I just don't want to do this anymore yeah. you know it's not interesting to me and then um, around that same time um, my uncle had come round to visit and he, he had also played guitar and he was talking to me about it and 
he said, you know, what do you want to do with it? And I said, oh, you know, sort of, it's not really interesting me. He says, well, what, what songs do you like? What do you want to play? And I remember at the time I just said, oh, you know, man, it'd, it'd be so cool to play, like, say, Under the Bridge, you know. And then he just started playing it. Wow. And, and, and I thought, well, how, how did you do that? You know, because, I mean, if I was ever going to ask that to, you know, the the guy who was teaching me at school, it, it, it just he would just sort of shut that down right away and say, no, no, now we've got to, you know, look at this piece of music and do do this, you know. So that's when I sort of realized that actually, you know, it could be enjoyable. You, you can do it. You can, you, you know, you can play the stuff that you actually like and immediately get enjoyment out of it. And from there, that's when I sort of thought, oh, okay. And so he showed me how to play it. And, you know, from then on, you know, once you're actually enjoying what you're doing with it, then, you know, the motivation kind of takes over and, and, and then you seek out, you know, um, continuing on the path of learning. So it, it pretty much just went from there. And yeah, yeah. Uh, then I was sort of excited about it. And um, So is this around, and, and um, I, is this early 90s? I'm thinking under yeah, the bridge. That's... 90- Chili yeah, peppers. 1992. Okay. Oh, 1992. So I, I was 10 yeah. then. And so then from there, it kind of went into, you know, Hendrix, Metallica, and all the other stuff that I was actually listening to, you know, on CDs at the time. Cool. And sort of and sort of was at that level of, of playing. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, 1990. Oh, and I started to learn from a guy um, who was teaching at... Um, the Institute of Music uh, when I was still pretty young and he was sort of right into jazz and showing me stuff and he introduced me to uh, Eric Johnson and then that's when it totally kind of took off okay. into a whole a whole new level so when I got into Eric Johnson that, that was that for me was definitely when I kind of shifted into a different kind of a tier yeah, of, yeah. of playing and, and made it was just like the, the whole kind of guitar world just opened up for me then in terms of just what this guy was doing and the, the sounds and the colors and the technique and all that stuff man i, I was so obsessed with it for, <laughs> for a couple of years actually yeah yeah um just seeking out every tab i could find and you know every every, every book and um made all the all the vhs everything I could get and all the CDs and I, I, I really like I, I did my best to learn every single thing that I could from from what he'd put out and that was um and that was one of the best things that for my playing definitely I would say wow very cool um do you remember the first Eric Johnson tune your, your teacher showed you well uh, yeah well the first one he he ever showed me was East West it was that one off, oh, okay, um, yep. off RV and Musical yes yeah um which was like really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Had all the octave stuff and the yeah, and all yeah. the all the, the the brushing with the thumb, you know. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, all the hybrid picking and stuff, and then yeah, f- from from that, I mean, everything else that I got into of his, oh, man, I, I I just loved it, and it was one of those things where you know, I'd come home every day from school and start, you know, with the tone CD, and then go you know to RVM Musicom, and then on to um, Venus Isle, and literally just play through all of those CDs as best I could, you know, like um, I I definitely kind of had shortcomings with some of, you know, some of his picking styles, which which you can now, you can now find out, you know, with with YouTube, you you can actually find out stuff that, you know, we, we just, we just couldn't, uh, we didn't have access to, you know, back then, you know, Mm -hmm. you had to do so much of it by ear. So 
I just did as best I could with that. But you know, even even the chords and man, it, it was it, it was so good. You know, it was probably like the most exciting time in my development of playing. I would say. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's interesting you say that because I talked to a bunch of guys and um, you know the all the YouTube stuff just was not around when when most of us were learning. Yeah. Um, and you might find some tabs, but yeah, things like picking technique and stuff. Um, yeah, you just had to work it out yourself, and yep. you, you yep. might be on a on a wrong path, or you might be honing in on yep. something. But I think that's part of the discovery, which you know you can sort of miss um, these yeah. days with all the uh, information yep. around. Yeah, totally, totally. Wow. So you, I guess you're on, and you're obviously playing an electric by now. What was your first electric? Yeah, uh, it was a. It was a black Fender Squire, just like a Strat Squire. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was really good. Um, I had that for a couple of years, and then oh, it got stolen. And then I, my first sort of good guitar, which I still own, um, which I got in 1997, was a, a black Les Paul Deluxe. Uh-huh, nice. Um, that was a 1977 wow, awesome. model. So it was a good one, you know. I mean, it wasn't that much you know i think i paid like 1500 bucks for it or something uh, but that was the first good guitar that i i owned and pretty much from then man i i used that for like 11 i didn't get my next guitar f- until 2007 so 10 years i, oh, I just okay. used that wow. i just used i pretty much just used that straight for 10 years yeah awesome. um, there, there were some other pretty pretty nice guitars that were in the family my uncle owned some you know original strats from the 60s and stuff like that which which i sort of had access to every once in a while but yeah man it it was it was pretty much that that les paul and and ever since then i mean you know i've I've pretty much been a les paul guy well yeah ever since then Uh uh-huh cool now with the deluxe is that with the mini humbuckers yeah yeah Yeah, the minis are cool they're very cool yeah, so good, man. Sound sound really good. I mean, when I first started gigging, uh, you know, doing sort of like loud live gigs, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'd, they'd squeal a bit uh, just because of, you know, they just couldn't handle the heat. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I got the... But I could pull such a good sound out of them. You know, you know, with low output pickups, I mean, they just, to me, to my ear, they, they always have a better sound than, than the really kind of like the hot aggressive pickups. Uh huh. Yeah. So is that the same with the other Les Pauls? Like, do you want to? While we're here, what, yeah. let's, let's talk through those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the mate the the one that I got in two thousand and seven in Vegas is a uh, a white custom, and that was a pretty hot one. Like that's got you know those those hot Les Paul custom pickups. Mm-hmm. I took those out and put in some some low output ones, and. The main guitar that I use now, which I've used for the last four years, is a, a 1959 reissue, and that's just a stock, you know, lemon nice. burst one that I got from uh, from a dealer in the states. A, a guy called Mark from Mark's Guitar Loft has the best, uh, well, the best that I've ever really sort of found in my in my searching and re- you know asking people who know about dealers and stuff. He he has just awesome. Uh, Les Pauls, so I got I took a punt, really in terms of you know seeing one online and yeah sure <laughs> that's yeah, a big thing if you can't buy it without actually ever you know touching it you know uh-huh. um, and that turned up at my doorstep man and that was just 
the best. I mean, I really kicked a goal with that one. That's just like one of the best sounding guitars I've ever heard, let alone owned. No. And that has uh, just stock, you know, low output PAFs in it. Yeah. Just a really simple guitar, but man, it, you know, you can you can like it resonates. It's it sustains. It's it's just got it all. It's, it's just got like such a, a a wide kind of dimension that the sound to it. You know, I don't need to do anything to it. I just sort of plug it in. Dialing a bit of crunch on the amp, and and then that, and that's it. You know, that's 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 the perfect kind of rock sound to me. Mm-hmm. Nice. And what um what amps are you running? Um, Splorn amps. There's a guy called Scott Splorn who used to make. Um, I think he used to work for Marshall back in the day. Or he used to build Marshalls, and okay. he went freelance. And he's so his company is called Splorn, and yeah, the amps are Splorn. And it's basically just like a a really great sounding Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, um, sort of similar to you know your Bogners and, and and that sort of thing. Not quite as well known, and hence actually way better priced. Okay, <laughs> but, great. But, but to my ears, you know, um, like I actually prefer them. You know, um, in, for all the other great high end amps out there, that that's actually my favorite those, those spawn so i've got i've got a few of those yeah i've got like a couple of 50 watt versions and then and then a 100 watt version and i've got uh, like a 50 watt version that i use um that we actually that we got for frankie's to be part of the the house rig there for oh, myself nice. and all the other guitarists that um that that play there so yeah man i, I, was, I was really lucky to um you know when, when we got that gig the the guys just said man just just Tell us what gear you want, more, and it'll be yours ongoing. Wow. As you, you, wow. oh, yeah, that's the yeah, best. Really. So good, man. We're very lucky with that one. Still, still very lucky um, with that gig. Cool, man. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that that whole gig. That's that's brilliant. But um, that's that's awesome with the rigs. And you're you're not a big pedal guy. I've I've heard. Oh, mate, I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I mean. Maybe compared to some people, I am, but made it really. I, I try to keep it as, as simple as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I basically just got a wire, a delay, and a and an overdrive, and, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm never using more um, more than one pedal sort of at, at a time. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I just try and I just try and really, you know, if you've got a good guitar and a good amp, yeah, and, sure. And, and confident hands, then mate. Anything else, you got to really sort of ask yourself: Do I need this on? T- do I need anything else? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, if you're going for a, a solo or or you really do need something else, then yeah, kick it in. But mate, I really try and keep it as, as simple as possible. Yeah. Cool. So I've got um, I've got like a a couple of wires by uh, Real McCoy. Yep. So I've got that picture wire, and I've got the Real McCoy Ten. So they're there. Sometimes, if I if I want to use them, I've got um, a T Rex replica delay. Oh yeah, yep. Um, which is awesome. Such a great delay, and I've got that little TC electronic flashback one um, as a little smaller alternative if I you know if I'm travelling and I just you know need to chuck it on a really small board. Okay, yep. Um, and what else do I have? Oh, just and just those little for, for solos. I always just use that little Maxon 808, which is oh, just basically classic. like a little, yeah, you know, just like a little 808 tube screamer. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and that's it, man. I mean, that, that's really all I use, you know. Cool. Um, I've got a, I've got like I own some pretty nice pedals. Like I've got that old big boss chorus ensemble from the seventies. Oh that, yeah, um, they're cool. Yeah, they're big got, sort of grey grey unit. Yeah, I've got that one. That one that you know Andy Summers had, and, and I've got a um, uh, like a proper sort of like a replica of that by a company called Retrosonic. So there's the Retrosonic chorus, which does mm-hmm. a nine volt version of that. Just some other ones like that I've got, you know, I've just which I've just had for years, which, you know, I mean, I don't really use them uh, in the live setting. Um, yeah, man, I really I try and keep it as, as simple as possible. Sure, cool. Nice. So have you got the Splorn amps already kind of rocking pretty hard and then yeah. then the 808 yeah. just sort of is like an extra kick in the front for the uh, for your yeah. solos? Yeah, the Splorn amp has sort of three stages to it. it it's... um. The first gear is kind of like a plexi, and then the second, you can put it into kind of uh, 800, like you know JCM 800 territory. And then the third gear will go into like a hot rodded 800, and I've I've got it on the first, so just like on a plexi. Okay. And the yeah. gain and the gain on it, made it it's it's barely getting halfway. So wow, wow. So it's really it's pretty low, it's yeah. very low gain. Um, but I, I I just get. Uh, man, it's for me. It, it's it's the right hand is a, a lot of it, you know. And then even yeah. the volume on the guitar, I can I can back it right off. I can make it totally clean um, just by backing the volume off, and you know, just not hitting as hard. Just pretty simple concepts, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so organic, just, so organic. When you've got the right amp, like you said, right amp, right guitar, and the right yeah. approach with your hands yeah. and the yeah, guitar itself. I, totally, man. I remember you know years ago looking at videos of, of, of Gary Moore and, and just checking out, he, like, his right hand, he was always, I mean, he was just constantly on volume control with yeah, the knob. Yeah. Like, he was always backing it off, pulling it back up, just off, off. Um, you know, never mucking around with pedals. Yeah. He, he was always just um, using the the, tone, the the volume control on his guitar mm-hmm. to um, to back it off and then bring it back up. And, and uh, yeah, that was a bit of a revelation to me. And that, I've, ever since, I mean, I've, I've I play that way too, you know. Cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that approach. Yeah. Cool, man. So let's let's back it up a little. Um, so you're learning. You you're, you know you're doing the Eric Johnson guitar regime. That's pretty epic yep. already. Having <laughs> gotten across those records as best you can. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Were you playing in yeah. bands? I'm guessing you're sort of in your you're in your teens by now. Teens, yeah, late teens. No, I wasn't really playing. Oh, I was kind of mucky. Yeah, I had a few friends at school who, you know, like, um, you know, drum and bass kind of a. I was. I would always muck around in a trio situation for a bit. It wasn't till uh, after school that I sort of got serious about it. I was playing with my brother. We had an original band uh, called Torch Lamond, and we played. Local around Sydney and Melbourne, and we did a couple of stints overseas, and we, we were going pretty hard then. And that, of course, like that was a, uh, I mean, that that was, yeah, you know, man. There's there's nothing better for you playing than playing actually sort of in band scenarios, you know, as opposed to the bedroom. Yeah, sure. So so that was really good, just in terms of the stuff that you learn and just how you grow and 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 develop. Um, so yeah, man, that that was my first kind of real uh, sort of live band situation. Uh, was with my brother for for a few years.
Um, we did that for pretty much from 2000 and um, 2000 and well, if I back up, sorry, I back up a little bit before then. I, I, I did start getting pretty serious with some other guys, even um, Rob Poulton or Bobby Poulton, who I actually currently play with at Frankie's. Okay, yeah, yeah. We we kind of got together through an ad in the drum media, and at that time I was right into sort of the 1986 Steve Vai era of David Lee Roth yeah, and all wow. that sort of thing, you know, um, that same period with, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes, Jake E. Lee, Warren D. Martini, all that stuff. So we would get together, myself, Bobby, and my brother Jordan, and just basically jam out a lot of those a lot of those tracks. I remember I found a book at Utopia Records. It was um, this best of Steve Vai, but only in his tenure with David Lee Roth. So it was it was awesome. It had all the you know Yankee Rose, Shy Boy, Big Trouble, um, and had the best stuff from from those two um, David Lee Roth albums that Steve Vai was a part of. And man, that was probably the the next time when I I kind of kicked it up another notch in terms of man, just my discipline and just I, I really put a lot of time and effort into absorbing as much of that as I could. And so we really kind of you know. We worked hard, just man, just just rehearsing and and just just working on our playing. Um, so yeah, that 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 was a, a great time too. And yeah, man, um, a year or so after that, you know, I had the original band with my brother. You know, we gave that a, a bit of a that was, that was a bit of a hard slog. We gave that a, a big push, and it was man, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, it was great. Um, but you know, it was sort of costly, and <laughs> it was hard work sure. doing you know doing the original thing and going overseas. You know, every kind of you know six to nine months, and then coming back and just realizing how much money you'd spent on the whole thing. And mm-hmm. um, so you know, after that is when I thought, you know, we sh- should do something that's a little bit kind of, you know, lower pressure um, in Sydney, you know, and that's, and then it, there were other factors at play that led to, you know, us starting up this gig at Frankie's, which is like a residency that that's every Monday um, that's been going since it opened in 2000. The, or opened in 2012, and we kicked off at the beginning of 2013. So yeah, man, it's been close to four years now. There. That's great. So the band you're talking about there—that's Frankie's world famous house band. Yeah, at, Frankie's world famous house band. Yeah, <laughs> which is great at Frankie's Pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. legendary gig. Um, yeah, talk yeah. us through how that whole thing works. That's really cool. Well, um, like I was saying, yeah, towards the end of 2012, um, that venue was being opened and it was being opened with the help of my brother um, Jordan who is you know the drummer who I'd been playing with for years and he was kind of tapped to be to help with the opening process you know with his kind of creative vision to basically open this uh, you know a a kick-ass rock and roll bar Mm -hmm. in Sydney and um, so they opened 
you know, at the end of 2012 and around this time, um, just by almost complete sort of fluke, I was talking to Bobby and Dave, who's the drummer, and, and, and we had been talking about, you know, starting a band and um, just like playing and get, getting a residency somewhere. And I put the idea to my brother Jordan and he was like, yeah, okay, well, let, let's give it a go. And, you know, had a meeting with the other owners and um, just said, look, you know, this is what we want to do. We, we want to um, have a night, like a residency here every Monday, which we, which was sort of a crazy enough idea, it being on a the Monday, Monday, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because, it, because it just sort of wasn't done, you know. We yeah. go, oh, why don't we just, you know, we get a gig on a Monday and, you know, between the three of us we'll see how many singers we can sort of find to be interested in it. And, and um, you know, we, what we want to do is we just want to play here every Monday night or just the stuff that we want, you know, none of the kind of cliched, you know, stuff that you hear everywhere else, just all the awesome, obscure rock and roll that, that you never hear out. And the stuff that we that turns us all on, you know, and we want to do it every Monday with a different singer. And the guys were like, "Yeah, okay, sweet." So that that's basically how it all started. And when they gave us the green light, you know, we didn't have anyone to sing, so we, you know, we had to really kind of pull our resources and and um, and get in contact with people. And, and we were really, really lucky that we were able to pull that off. You know, the eleventh hour, getting getting people in to um to basically get this gig off the ground for us. And, man, it's, you know, don't get me wrong, it's been very hard work like because we've had to work so hard to present, you know, a high-quality product every Monday to keep people interested, to, you know, keep coming back. And, and um, man, it, you know, it, it worked. It paid off, you know. That, that, that first kind of few months when we were there, we were rehearsing, we were getting together mm-hmm. a couple times a week and just coming up with this this repertoire of songs and let's play this and let's you know um and and it was none of the normal stuff it was everything from kind of like pantera to the kinks to megadeth and you know now we're doing stuff by you know the winery dogs and we're just trying to push it you know push 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 um ourselves as players and and you can tell that the people in the audience like that that's kind of what we've been that's what we've become known for you know like we we don't kind of take it easy up there we we really go hard, you know. Otherwise, why are people going to come and see it, you know? Yeah, well, that's the cool thing. Like you said, there's, you know, there's there's not a lot of really rocking venues in in Sydney yeah. at the moment. I mean, there's lots of cover work going on. I do I do plenty of it myself, and there's a whole set of yeah. repertoire, but none of the stuff you mentioned gets on there. So, uh, well, that's it, cool. I mean, when we were sort of, you know, talking to the singers out there and, that that was one of the hard things to get across. I'm, you know, come and do a gig with us, you know, on a Monday, and and you know, can you do some Dio for us? You know, it's like people, what 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 do you want about? You know, but we just it had to be different, you know, and and it's worked, you know, like people love that, and it, it's a it's a bit of a it's still a bit of a stressful gig, you know, like um we get there and we kind of set up, and you know, myself, oh, so I'll just. I should mention the guys who are actually in in the band. So it, yeah, basically, sure. it's just myself, Bobby Poulton on bass, and Dave Ferry on drums. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's, it's just the three of us. And you know, we get there, and you know, we set up, and we kind of like we slam a few beers, and and then we go down into the behind, you know, backstage, and and we have a rough idea about what we're going to do, and um, you know, then then we start going over the tunes, and and we get out there, and. And, you know, it's become 
sort of a bit synonymous with musos that come and, and they're checking it out and, and you can you can sort of see it there's, there's a bit of judgment there you know like <laughs> you play and you can see the guys out there kind of you know taking notes and and sort of waiting for us to kind of drop the ball a bit so <laughs> i still get nervous <laughs> doing the gig you know like it, before the curtain opens we're all looking at each other we'll have our our two little like uh uh we, we always have a couple of shots of um legendary japanese scotch just just before the curtain opens and then and then we and then, and then we just go for it you know? there you go i, I know yeah. i mean there's a lot of musos who go because they love the gig though and they love what you guys are doing so yeah so, that's so. true man. it's actually become a bit of a hang for musos hey um there's some really like touring bands will come and check it out now and oh mate, yeah absolutely and, and we always wanted that uh-huh. and that that has happened you know every time uh, whenever Soundwave has been here, we've had so many guys who've been part of you know these international touring acts, you know, and, and big acts, man, who, who've who've come and checked it out, yeah. and then they've come back again, and then they've got up with us, yeah, you awesome. know, and that play, and that, that was that was a bit of a turning point for for us. Like I remember, um, you know, people be sending me screenshots of of stuff that these big dog heavy hitter players would would be writing on their facebook page about us you know yeah, what i mean right. and I thought, like well, we're doing something really well here and then we had um and that and that was going on and then eventually you, you know um like say for example then um bruce kulik had heard from uh, heard about us from other mates of his okay. from there who had, who had played with us yeah. on stage and then he he contacted us saying, "Man, yeah, I'd I'd love to do a gig with you guys, you know, playing, yeah, you know, basically a live three, Kiss a live three. Wow, yeah, and so and so stuff like that. That's that's the sort of stuff that we wanted to be doing, you know, um, basically backing up international guys who come who come here, you know, and and being up for the challenge and and being able to do it as good as, if not better than than ha- than you know than." how they'd done it in the past sure. in the outfits that had made them famous <laughs> you know <laughs> that's awesome man so yeah, yeah so that's bruce kulik of kiss obviously and, and grand funk yeah, he's yeah. been playing with them yeah cool um yeah. I, was, I was running through some of the some of the guys you had um brian nutter as well sitting with you from yeah. um yeah keith urban's um, band and keith urban oh man we've had heaps man we've had like marco mendoza uh he's got he he always comes and sees us every time he's here yeah. he's i mean he's been in yeah. you know uh Thin Lizzy, White Snake, um, man, even his own trio. Uh-huh. Um, um, Richard Fortas, you know, from from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Um, he, you know, last week Mark Evans from ACDC. I mean, he's always there. You know, yeah, um, awesome. there's there's mate, there's there's a pretty big list. Um, the guys from Steel Panther, the guys from uh, you know Tommy Clefitos from Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, there, there's been a lot over the years. I'd, I'd I'd have to I'd have to jot them all down, but there's 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 been a few, and a man, it's 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 always awesome when they do that, you know. Cool, man, that's great. That's so good. How about some of the locals that you've you've brought in? I know Randall Waller has been um is maybe one of your more regular guests that you get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was um yeah yeah well we, we yeah heaps of times um we've we've played with him. Um, Randall, he's he's a great friend of mine, and he um he kind of introduced me to you know. A, a lot of guys because he knows a lot of yeah, guys sure. and he's a great player and a, and a great guy yeah fantastic so he, he, he gets up and, and does with, does stuff with us heaps nice 
and I've seen uh, Chris Kimzados has, has done a few gigs as well. Oh mate, he's yeah, he, he's awesome. We um we did a uh, White Snake night a couple of oh we did it we've done it twice actually now uh-huh. and um we had Marco Mendoza who you know plays baseball White Snake he got up and, and uh, played with us. We had Chris do that entire gig with with me and he's a, a like a you know just a massive like rock pig you know <laughs> uh, even though you know a lot of a lot of his gigs aren't necessarily yeah sure aren't necessarily like that yep. you know he's, he's very diverse you know yes. he, he can do anything but at, at his core he's just a filthy rock pig you know <laughs> and so when I, and when i said to him man like you know we, we want to do this white snake night um all white snake like just do you want to jump on it with me he's like oh, totally so <laughs> You know, we we had the best time just like coming up, even just like coming up with a set list. You know, like and and say who wants to do what solos and all that stuff. And mate, he he is so on the money, just like perfect touch. You know, like just and, and for me, like with guitarists, like <clears throat> it's always about it's always about how they hold a note. You know what I mean? Like the the sort of the the control, their vibrato, just how they do the simplest things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not so interested in 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 the tricky stuff you do. It's 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 what you make simple things sound like, you know. Yeah. Like, and and he he is so good with that stuff. I mean, he can do you know seriously technical stuff too, but it's just his touch, just his finesse, you know. Like his 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 tone, his phrasing, all 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 the stuff that actually I think moves listeners. I think that's the stuff that is sort of most important to me. So, yeah, man, to get back to your question, yes, I played with him and I very much enjoy playing with Chris. Yeah, cool, man. What's uh, what what's coming up for that gig, for the Frankie's gig? Um, well, man, funnily enough, I had actually had this Monday off, which was, uh, you know, we we're very excited actually when we have a Monday off because we get like a week to breathe and yeah. sort of regroup and get a game plan. Uh-huh. Um, so man, we, we've just got um, just just more more of the same gigs coming up. Really, I've got some stuff that's happening in um, in July, which it's, it hasn't been confirmed yet, so I can't actually okay. I can't sort of <laughs> I can't mention it. Fair um, enough. But it, but it will be yeah. If we can pull this one off, it's going to be really exciting. Cool. Um, but yeah, man, it, it really you know it's we we just you know we're just really excited about getting together every week and. Trying to add new, really sort of challenging, or not just challenging stuff, but just just songs that we really love, and and just giving ourselves the challenges of you know can we can we pull off this sound, mm-hmm. can we get this vibe across, you know, um, that <clears throat> that's pretty much you know what we work towards. Yeah, awesome. Every every Monday. Nice man. So amidst all this stuff, you um you get the rose tattoo gig. How did that come about? Yeah, uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, I've known, I've known Angry for years. I'm going to do outside of the, outside of the Frankie's gig. I mean, I do the odd sort of corporate gig, you know, um, with Angry, uh, you know, Paul Christie from Mondo Rock, uh, you know, Randall Waller, as as mentioned, um, and quite a few other guys who have had you know successful bands, um, you know, in the past and even sort of still are today um so with with that i mean i I sort of had a feeling when when 
Guns announced that they were going to play, that they were going to ask <clears throat> ask Rose Tattoo mm-hmm. to support, and then you know, sure enough, they did. Yeah, awesome. Because they're big and, big fans of the Tats, aren't they? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh, they totally are. You know, <laughs> that's cool. I mean, they love they love Angry, and <clears throat> and so you know, that was a no brainer when when I was asked to be a part of that. You know, that that, that was a um. That was a pretty full-on experience, you know, just, just seeing how it all works at that level. Uh-huh. You know, gigs where there's there's 80,000 people there and <clears throat> just how full-on the... I mean, you know, the gigs itself, the gigs were awesome, you know, but everything else, like, it was actually quite stiff, you know, like just the management and security and, God, you know, if you want to go and take a piss, you know, you need five passes to do that. And <laughs> it, it was all... It was a bit, a bit sort of hectic, okay. you know what I mean? Um I suppose it sort of has to be when there's just sort of so much riding on a gig, you know, when there's that many people that have paid that amount of money to go and see a show. Um, there's just no room for error, you know. Sure. So the, the vibe kind of backstage was, <laughs> you know, it was pretty intense, you know. Um, but for me, you know, I mean, like Gunners are like one of my all-time favorite bands and Axl Rose is my all-time favorite singer yeah wow. so to see and to see him and and man to see that guy in the form that he was in you know i mean that that was just unbelievable so it, it was such you know and, and even seeing the way they get to the stage you know like police escorts to the stage wow. for the band you know we have to sort of hide and hover behind <laughs> really? some, some door while they do that and then axel being driven up in a in a, like a full motorcade and oh, wow the band the band start playing axel's not there but as soon as they hit that first note then the door opens and he just he just bolts up on stage wow. like witnessing witnessing it was was full on you know when you i was sort of thinking to myself oh, you know I'm, I'm 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 witnessing how the the biggest band in the world basically go about their business this is this is how how it is you know so seeing it with my own eyes was yeah, man, it, it was full on, and and the gigs were good, you know. Like, well, the gigs were awesome. It was just um, just got up there and man, just just plugged it directly into a, into a, an eight hundred, and just cranked it and just fucking went for it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. So they had obviously yeah. yeah this, so this backline for you guys, you just rock up with your guitar. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, when when I do that gig, I mean, it, it's a bit different to. You know, it's very meat and potatoes, you know, like we're sure. talking serious, straight-ahead rock and roll. I mean, I'm not even playing leads, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's n- there's no spice or flavor. It's all attitude. So it's just my Les Paul direct into, into you know, like a hired JCM 800. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's it, man. And, and that's the sound. That That's all I need to do. And then, man, you know, just play from the heart and just enjoy what you're doing. And, and that's when that, gig works yeah you know? cool cool so did you get to see like are gunners even running sound checks and things are you, are you getting yeah. to see that stuff in the afternoon mate the first thing i the first thing i saw like in brisbane it, it was 7th of february it was actually my birthday and i think it's pretty cool cool birthday you know we, we got off i got out of our band and walked towards the stadium yeah, which was of course empty, and they were sound checking. And like when the stadium's empty, it just looks so big. And they were sound checking. They were sound checking. It's so easy, you know. And it was just Duff singing because you know, of course, Axel, I, I guess, doesn't go to sound checks. Okay. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man, that, that it, absolutely every show they sound checked, you know. Uh-huh. And um, 
and they were so good. You know, they were really professional, and their sound was good, and and they they killed it every night. Yeah, Seriously, wow. they, they were so good. Wow! Did you get to meet any of those guys? Um, I'm well. I know Richard, so you know we sort of caught up. Yeah, because he's Frank. He's been doing the rhythm, like the Izzy kind of job for this tour. Hey, yeah, yeah, cool. He, he he's basically kind of morphed into this modern day Izzy, uh-huh. you know, obviously with a ton more facility. Like, he's an incredible player. But he um, he just does the... He's stepping into the full rhythm player's shoes, yeah. you know, the real kind of like Izzy, Keith Richards, that, that whole yeah, vibe, his guitar, yeah, yeah. quite low. He's got these big, awesome kind of hollow-bodied gretches yeah, into right. really kind of vintage-sounding amps. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, him, Frank, the drummer, um, yeah, Duff and Slash, uh, yeah, met uh, met them, but I didn't meet Axel, of course. Sure. Yeah, that just, I just can't can't get too close to the god. You see, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you say like him being in such good form because obviously he's got a reputation for being a bit messy, but it seems like since the band's reformed um, and him doing all that ACDC stuff too, he's um, oh, smashing man. that stuff. Mate, I mean, everyone was up in arms when that was announced. You know, oh my God, he—you can't get you know anyone to do to do ACDC, yeah, let yeah, alone yeah. let alone this. You know, and you know, all you need to do is is check out the videos. You know, I mean, it's he—he he killed it. I don't—I don't know—I don't know how else to put it. He—I can't believe how much he killed those ACDC songs, and he's got them back up into standard, so they're playing. You know, for the last few years, ACDC have had to go down to E flat, which of course, you know, I, I guess eventually happens to, to bands as they get older. Sure, sure. But um, you know, they're back playing this stuff in standard, and yeah, they're playing wow. this, and they're playing all this stuff that they've never played before. You know, like um, like the Bon Scott era or, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bon Scott's like touch too much, and or there's some other things that, that they've never they've never played with uh, with Brian. And man, not taking anything away from Brian. Sure. But, Yep. The point I'm making is like, you know, the the facility that that Axel has vocally, it just kind of it was a bit of a rebirth, mm-hmm. and seeing that, I mean, I knew that, you know, it, that he'd be killing the gun stuff too, and he did. But I, I was that close to him. I was I was right underneath him, just watching him go, and every every note, and anyone who was at the at the show would probably corroborate it. You know, he. He killed it vocally, mm-hmm. and man, hard work. You know that weekend, if you remember, in Sydney, it was like a billion degrees. Oh, it was so hot, yeah. And you know, at the guitar we had, he fainted. You know, <laughs> someone did a someone did a, a temperature check um, on the on the on the stage, like the the actual ground. It was seventy one degrees. Oh. Hard work. It was hard <laughs> physical work to get through that gig. And those guys, you know, they 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 worked hard. Oh man! And he was, and he, and he was, and he was hitting every note. It was, it was the best. Yeah, man, that's that's the thing. Hey, there's, there's no like they're obviously not running tracks. He's, all, they're all smashing this stuff out live. Oh. That's, that's awesome. Oh, man. It, it was all, and it was all very real, right in front of yeah, my face. Yeah, wow. So good. <laughs> so you must have been at the show where Angus turned up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was that, that, how good was that? Like, what a, what a, what an added bonus for the punters, you know? Yeah. Just getting up there, and the and the best thing about that was, you know, seeing this guy in his little, 
sort of like outfit from Lowe's. You know, it, it wasn't even the schoolboy outfit. Yeah, yeah. He was just wearing just wearing just a white shirt, just those legendary Lowe's jeans, and just man, any oh, yeah, it was it was such a good night. It was just it was awesome. That that was both nights actually. That was uh, that was Friday and Saturday okay. in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah, cool man. What's it like playing with um Di Pritchard from Rose Tattoo? He's a, he's a cool player. Yeah, he's great, man. Uh, really, really on the money. Just um, very consistent, mm-hmm. you know. And and tone wise, again, like straight into the amp. <clears throat> I, I, the only time I, I get to play with him is really in that in that tat scenario. Okay. I did um, the gigs I did on the weekend were with him as well. Okay. They're doing yep. a, um. They what they're doing is uh, like a show called Tats Live in Brunswick, and it, they're basically replicating uh, a 1982 live recording yeah, from I heard about that uh, from Brunswick. Yeah, so yeah, awesome. that that's actually been that's that's been awesome. That 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 whole idea of you know doing an album front to back and trying to get that vibe, and so that that's what we did on um, that's what we did on the weekend uh, in Queensland. And for him, I, I love playing with him. You know, he he just plugs di- directly into the amp, mm-hmm. pretty much same same as what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that situation, and um and he's he's a bit of a, a leader. You know, he's um especially in the tats. You know, he he's been with them for the last kind of ten years plus. Looks like a silverback bear, a big gorilla. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we 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 just let him be the leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Nice. So you've um, you're doing heaps of this cool sideman kind of stuff. Is there? You mentioned your originals project earlier, Torch Lamont. Is there any mm. plans to end up doing more of your own stuff eventually, or even just more on your own terms? As you said, you know the the, yeah, the touring um, cycle is tough. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, there are times when it, it all just sort of depends on, I guess, when you've got the inspiration to uh, just come up with original stuff. You know, like, um, I mean, I'm always sort of coming up with riffs and I'll I'll record them and just sort of keep them there in, in the back burner. And yeah. de- definitely, we will. I mean, I might do it. Uh, you know, with Torch again, or we might. I mean, who knows, man? I'm, we might even start chucking some original stuff, you know, out there when we when we do Frankies. I mean, with some of the guys that we get up there now, like even with Randall and you know, even even with Lockie Dolly. I mean, he he's this sort of maniac um, keys player, like yeah, Hammond yeah. guy, and he. We just said to him, mate, you know, if you want to do some of your original stuff, then let's do it. You know? So we've done that with him, original stuff with him, yeah, and great. we might end up just, you know, we might just sit down one day and say, man, put the covers, let, let's just let's just write some stuff. And that's something we've, we've spoken about, and we definitely could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, man, the answer to the question is, is yes, but it's one of those things that you just, you, you kind of got to wait for it. It's got to be organic, you know, when you need to have sort of organic inspiration to start writing things, and, and um, I, I wouldn't want to say... I wouldn't want to sit down and say, well, now I need to come up with a song and a riff and all this sort of stuff. Um, it will happen. Um, I just don't know when, probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, maybe sort of maybe this year or, or something like that, we, we might kind of knuckle down and and some chuck, chuck some original stuff into the mix. That That's always been something that we've, we've spoken about that's been on the back burner for sure. So what's the best way to keep up to date with what you're up to this year, Joel? 
Oh man, just just on just on Facebook and just checking out the Frankie's page. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if when things come up, I'll, I'll generally, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll chuck it up on Facebook. Um, I've got a couple more. I've got a few more of these live in Brunswick dates coming up. Yeah, great. Doing um, doing a few more interstate, and then there's going to be one that's at the Bridge Hotel. Uh-huh. Uh, that that'll be the Sydney one we do, and okay, that's cool. May 11. But um, that's going to be great because that'll be, um, you know, the the Sydney show basically. Yeah, yeah, nice. uh, and man, there's a, there's always stuff going on, yeah. you know. Um, just Facebook really is 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 where I kind of announce all that stuff. Yeah, great. Very cool. That's that's awesome, man. It's been so good. Um, yeah, so good to catch up with you and and hear about all this this stuff you're doing. Sounds good. Yeah. Man. No, no, it's been it's been great chatting to you, man. Glad we could uh, we could finally get around to doing it. Yes, yes, and uh, <laughs> thanks to Jay Perino who uh, who um oh yeah yeah, yeah. To you. Did Jay do a gig with you guys? Is that is that his connection? Oh, uh, Jay had man, I've known Jay for for eight, for years, and he's um man, he's he's so busy, you know, yeah, and yeah, um yeah. and he tur- he turned up to a gig, and I said, man, let's let's do a few songs. So yeah, man, he 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 jumped up with oh, us cool. and. And did a few songs, and yeah, it, it was great. Great guy, and you know, great player, and man has, has a, a pretty serious um, guitar collection. And yes, so if I if I ever need to know anything about you know the latest guitar, I can always ask him because yeah. he's probably already bought it and sold it. You know? <laughs> yeah. He is the guy. Cool. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. So thanks, Jay. Thanks for hooking Joel and myself up. That's awesome. And um, yeah, Joel, I'll see you at uh, Frankie's on a Monday sometime soon. Yeah, mate, for sure. I've got to get you up. We'll, we'll, we'll have a jam. Cheers. <laughs> There you go, my conversation with Joel McDonald. It was great meeting up with Joel, and I am literally, as I record this uh, little tag at the end of the uh, the interview, I am literally an hour and a half from jumping in my car and going to check out a gig at Frankie's, so I'm really looking forward to that. But what a great player, and what a great um, student of the guitar, just really passionate about it, and obviously still very much so this far into his career. That's really inspiring. All right, now if you're enjoying the Guitar Speak podcast, remember you can get to all of our past interviews as well and check those out. Um, We spoke to Randall Waller, we spoke to Jay Perino. Both of those guys were mentioned in uh, the conversation with Joel. You can find those interviews at iTunes or Stitcher or if you go to guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com, the information is there as well. Now, Joel mentioned Chris Kamzalos. What a great player Chris is. Chris is working on some solo material at the moment. So once that's together, once that is together, uh, Chris and I will have a talk about that. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right, you can keep up to date with all the good stuff going on at the Guitar Speak podcast by following us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support us. That is a great place, a great way to do it with uh, some rewards as well for you. So if you head to 
patreon.com forward slash guitar speak podcast that's there as well i think that's all the info i'm going to tell you about for now that'll do i'm going to leave you with the track from fantastic guitar player also from sydney simon rafalo's latest single tears is out and this is part of an upcoming ep as well so stay tuned for that i'll let simon take us out thanks for joining me my name is matt wakeling i'll catch you next time on the guitar speak podcast bye now